0: welcome to Dose of Support. We are an interdisciplinary show that highlights healthcare workers. We share stories and self-care in healthcare every week. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and a healthcare worker just like you. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider. Our guests are not your healthcare provider and we're not giving healthcare advice here. Seek out care from your own healthcare provider. This podcast hosts guests Media not representing an employer or organization. It's hard out there, so let's find some self care in healthcare. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show, to the huddle. I wanted to talk some self care with you guys. I took a poll on Instagram. And I had a small group of people that answered every question, so probably like, let's just say a couple dozen people for each question. It varied a little bit because some people skipped questions, but I kind of did a would you rather, and people answered these so surprisingly to me. Um, Most people would rather listen to a podcast than listen to music, which I was really surprised by. You know, not surprisingly... A lot more people are dog people than they are cat people, but the cat people were winning for a while there. Most people, like almost 90%, would prefer country living to city living, which really shocked me. I thought that would be half and half. And surprisingly to me, I had a 71% of respondents said that they prefer yoga over meditation. And truly, they really go together. I asked if people... Preferred cardio or lifting for their physical activity, their exercise, and it was really split in half, like 48 to 52, leaning towards the lifting. Most people prefer to be outdoors than indoors. And most people prefer reading over journaling, which also really surprised me. I mean, you guys know I am not a good journaler. If you've listened before, I ride that struggle bus, but I do like a good book every once in a while. And then really, I asked, would you travel or stay home? What do you prefer? And 59% said that they would want to travel. And I found that funny because I think that might be skewed a little high, Because everyone's been stuck at home for over a year now. And then the 41% wanted to stay home. And I'm in that 41%. Like, it's been great staying home. Um, But I do like to travel every once in a while. And so I thought that that was really interesting to go through what's your preference for self-care. And maybe, hopefully, by looking at what you do in everyday life... And what you prefer, if you're surrounding yourself by those things, you are incorporating self care into your life. And it's really interesting because this upcoming interview with Britta, she has like this heart of gold and is a positive, optimistic person. And I was like, gosh, like, does do people like this not need as much self-care? And the the answer is no. Everybody needs self-care. Self-care is for everyone. But I think it's so interesting how some people are just built to like be happy and joyful throughout everything they do. And Other people, like me, are a little bit more pessimistic and need... I'm a questioner. If you've heard of like the Gretchen Rubin quiz, the four types, the personality types, I'm a questioner. So I think and I question everything and that's just my nature, Um, which is actually fascinating. But it also leads me to like not accept things right away. And Britta is just like a ball of sunshine, at least I thought when I talked to her. We have heard from a couple CNAs before, and we've never heard from a travel CNA. And of course, during COVID times, travel assignments amongst many professions are out there. And I think that people assume that travel nurses are like the only profession that's traveling right now, but it's it's pretty much every healthcare discipline. And so truly in our interdisciplinary fashion here at Dose of Support, we're going to hear from Britta about her travel CNA experience. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support. Today, representing Certified Nursing Assistants is Britta Rue. She's here from Upstate New York and going to be a travel CNA. Welcome, Britta. Hi. Thank you for having me. Have I'm you so been? Excited. I'm. I'm so excited too. We like moved heaven and earth to make this happen. Exactly. Um, and you're in a different time zone. And that's always like an extra exactly. layer of exactly. challenge.
1: Exactly. Um I'm so, so excited. We finally got to set down together.
0: So are have you already been traveling as a CNA? Yes. So yeah okay. I'm
1: actually on my second year right now. Wow. I actually started when COVID hit. Last year, I was talking to a nurse on one of the units I was working at locally, and she was kind of telling me, you know, it's kind of fun to do it if you didn't have like any family tying you down, it's worth the experience. I actually went through Instagram and started typing in travel CMA with a hashtag. And I saw a couple people and I asked
0: questions just to get an idea of it. Then I did my research. So, how long have you been a CNA? Because I'm actually going on five years. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know if like a brand new CNA without any experience would feel comfortable doing well. I don't know if you should feel comfortable doing it, but like no, 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 no. Experience Obviously,
1: matters. it does absolutely in any type of field you go in. Experience definitely matters because every facility and every company does their stuff a little differently. So you want to get a feel for it before you jump into a whole different different system than you're used to. Okay. Um, I always tell somebody at least a year experience, if not more, because a year you finally you know you've gotten out of your class or your training program and then you've been on a unit for a little bit you might have floated to a different kind of unit or a different floor to where they do stuff differently so you can adapt a little differently yeah then you may have not stayed with that company for a little bit and you tried somebody else out so you had that experience of switching into a whole nother facility
0: who might do stuff a little bit different than the last facility you were working at everyone needs to. Everyone needs to start somewhere.
1: so Exactly.
0: I mean, that's what's really hard. Uh, I want to backtrack a little bit to – we've had a couple CNAs on the show. Um, okay. And I just wanted to talk about the role a little bit because, you know, let's say there's a pharmacist listening or someone that doesn't directly work with a CNA very often. That might okay. be that might just want to know. Okay, like, but what are you doing at work? What is a day in the life as Britta Rue? Tell me. Oh my, who gosh. are you? So
1: I am an evening aide or an overnight aide. So when I come in on a unit at three o'clock or seven p.m., depending on your, the type of facility, I am either the person that's getting you up after laying down. Your, your mom, your dad, grandma, grandpa. Um, I'm that person that comes in in the afternoon, gets them up from a nap or after they've been to bingo, because that's a normal thing for long-term care, mm-hmm. um, and getting them ready for bed. They had their supper, and then um, we gave them a little relaxation time they'll all watch the news or Jeopardy, one of the two. <laughs> and then at like seven, eight o'clock. So I'm that person that'll get some cleanup for the night and I'm the last person they see before they fall asleep. Aww. And I'll get the I know. I love it. I love it. Cause I'll actually get the okay, I'll see you later, Joan. Have a great night. I won't be in tomorrow, but I'll see you the next day they're like oh we got this going on the next day I'll have to tell you about it when I see you next and I'm like (laughs) I get all giddy inside because of the fact I love old people for some reason that's what drew me to working in a long-term care facility because I actually was a caregiver for my grandmother and that's kind of what kind of which we could talk about later because that is like one of my main things that got me into being a healthcare worker It's because I helped her a lot.
0: So you got some good, it sounds like you had a good like foundation working with seniors and doing a lot of personal care for those folks in the evening time. And I think a lot of people who haven't worked in a skilled nursing setting like that, they don't really know what goes on. I, well, or they they make a lot of assumptions, but like think about every single activity you do for yourself. Brushing your teeth. Yeah. And, and changing into your pajamas at night and using the restroom before you actually lay down and go to bed. Like Britta is doing all of that with these folks.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, it's um I actually worked out my first assignment. I worked out probably about an hour outside of New York City. And that was an eye opener for me.
0: Well, what is? It sounds like you guys are figuring out how to travel and do. Yes. You're figuring out how to do CNA work, kind of on the fly, not not knowing the team you're working with all the time, not knowing your coworkers. That's
1: the hardest. That's the very hardest part yeah. of doing. Agency. I I think
0: like there's a lot of trust that we all like all healthcare workers. Anyone listening to this is going to be like. I don't know what I would do without my coworkers or like the yeah. coworkers sometimes make it and you're stepping into they a travel situation do. where you don't know them.
1: It's very hard. Um, I will say being that I've been staying in New York through most of the assignments that I've worked on, it's a little bit better because I'll be like, Oh, which agent? Cause they'll, they'll just tell us if we're agency or not. They'll be like, Oh, this person's from this company. This person's from this one. Because some of the agency staff get treated a little different than their regular staff, unfortunately.
0: Yes, and I I used to float throughout the hospital, and I totally know what you're saying. Um, So it, it was a little frustrating. I was kind of wondering, do you feel that you're treated differently because of the pay difference between you and regular staff?
1: I will say the first assignment where I was close to New York City, I definitely felt it. I will say there was a couple girls that just bluntly asked me because those those regular staff girls kind of gave you eye daggers and kind of shrugged you off a little bit because they, they knew. There was one that, like I said, there was one that asked me bluntly, how much are you making because you're out here? Because I know you're almost five hours away. So how much are they paying you? I'm like, whoa. Whoa, personal <laughs>
0: question.
1: I was like, boundaries? Were you like, I just met you. Like, dude. Well, not even that. I'm like, and I was like one of the girls that was already frustrated that she was short-staffed. And
0: yeah. it was an
1: overnight girl that was coming in frustrated from something that happened at home. And I'm like, whoa. I don't really know you like that. And... I said, enough to make me want to stay. And I just said it like that. I didn't mean to be rude about it. Yeah. But it's like, I'm out here to
0: help because you guys needed help. I, I think travelers everywhere are probably getting that. Like, during COVID, with the extra crisis pay that hospitals especially have put out there, I think people are probably just feeling that, you know, some workers are getting paid, like, triple pay, While regular staff workers are getting like their regular base pay and I'm sure that that makes people feel like shit. So that's really Mm -hmm. interesting that you're speaking to this like almost um, passive aggressive like thing that's happening between professionals least it's yeah. what i what I'm sensing is happening in you know between yeah. between professionals
1: that's the honest truth of what I've dealt with within yeah. almost the last two years because yeah. they i think now more because of covid um traveling has become a real thing, yeah, I don't yeah. think there's one healthcare worker it doesn't matter if you work in the o r or if you are an n p like you um even in long term care, everybody who is In healthcare right now we are burnt out
0: um and with that (laughs) let's let's all cool down and (laughs) we'll take a break and when we come back britta's gonna share some more stories from practice and some self-care so stay tuned Welcome back from the break. I have Britta Rue with us. Britta. Um... Do you ever get shit for that, for your name? Yes. I used to go
1: all the time.
0: I like like, no, I like the water filter, the Britta. Yes. Because you spell oh, yeah, it the same the way. Okay. I was like, I was, I all of a sudden became British and said that. But anyway, Britta is here with, she's our CNA and she's here with a story that involves grandma. So take it away, Britta.
1: Um, I would say, I think it was like almost 13 years ago. Grandma got really sick. And that's kind of where it all began about wanting to become a healthcare worker. I actually was fresh out of high school. I was almost 19-ish. My grandma lived about an hour and a half away from where I grew up in Syracuse, New York, Um, and I moved in with my grandmother. She needed just like a home health aid type of person to stay with her overnight. What turned into was going to be maybe like a four to six months process turned into me changing my entire life and staying in Rochester and, you know, uplifting and restarting my life there. Um, Grandma was to the point where she could not care for herself. She had a two-story house with a finished basement. So, and she was like one of the old neighbors that's been there since the neighborhood was developed for 50 something years and of course she never (laughs) wanted to leave her house dementia was coming around for her I had to voice my opinion to my dad who wasn't the primary caregiver unfortunately or her proxy I'm like dad you know grandma might need a little bit more help than I can give her um but then she had gotten really really sick again Sick to the point where she was hospitalized. That point when she got really sick and I was in the hospital sitting with her, Um, I was actually blessed enough when they did find a placement for my grandmother. After I had completed my program, I was placed in the same nursing home where my grandma was, which was a t- plus for me.
0: Wow. I did not
1: know that she was yeah. being brought over. For permanent care because with HIPAA they can't really tell you stuff until my dad called me and said hey Mm -hmm. aren't you working at such and such location I said yeah why you know your grandmother's been admitted to that facility I said really come to find out (laughs) the unit I worked on was right above where she was located so for me for wow. I would say my grandma was there for almost two years before she had passed. Um, me having to break away when she did finally pass. It was painful for me Aww. in a sense, because I had a routine being that I was working on the unit above her to stop on her floor, just peek in and say hello, chit chat for maybe five, ten minutes and tell her, Hey. I gotta go upstairs and go to work, but on lunch, I'll try to come down if I'm not too busy. So I had to stop myself yeah. for a while from hitting the number on the elevator sometimes. And then I was there the night before she passed, and I could kind of tell because you can kind of tell in long term care when before they go, you can kind of see it in their body, you can see it in their oh, breathing. Yeah. And I knew the girls who mm-hmm. worked with her, they were amazing. I always, if I run into them still to this day,
0: yeah long term care is like long term care is like a little family i I love it um it, it, to me, when I hear you talk about this whole situation and your job in general, like it seems like you're a really happy person and you're very optimistic and you err on the side of like <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> like I'm the opposite, I'm the opposite, and so I'm like, wow, like. Does she even need (laughs) self-care when she like? I mean, I definitely
1: do because I live for my patients. Oh, I will say I've had my number of arguments on a unit with another caregiver or I didn't like how they treated a patient because I'm like, why aren't you treating this person like you treat your family member? Because that's how I walk in every day. There's been some people that I've cared for that didn't have any family, like their family, like didn't want anything to do with them when they put them in a nursing home. So I'm that type of caregiver where I notice that their birthday's coming up, I will go to the local grocery store and get them a single cupcake and put a candle in it. You're here just some of them, (laughs) you can tell that are just there for the paycheck. And some of them, you can tell that they actually care about the patients. And that's where my frustration gets and that's where I take my self-care moments, and I have to have my woosahs.
0: Woosah? Okay. <laughs> now, hold on. That is that a self-care. That sounds like self-care. That is a self-care. That sounds like everybody, like, let me just clarify, like, everybody does need self-care. It, I think that it's funny that some people have this really sunny disposition like you, and you, st- you still you need do. like a woo-saw moment. So, what are you doing for your self-care?
1: For my me time every other week. I know you're not supposed to have them, but I'll go get a pedicure and get a mani if I have the time. So, that's part okay. of me, my me time. Okay. But I mean, every so often, just the other day, I posted, I took almost an hour and a half and had a whole detox. In my bathroom, and I just felt
0: amazing after it. Like you gave yourself a spa day. Okay, walk me walk me through this. Like, did you give yourself a facial? I had music go. I did a scrub. A
1: scrub. I had music going. Okay. Which music. mine is a little bit of a mix of everyday pop right now. Okay. I did a good hair treatment.
0: Um. Okay, I got you. I I just did an Olaplex treatment. Like, Do you I don't did know, it, doesn't it feel like ten times um, better after? I think that it makes my hair kind of heavy, actually. Really? Um, is it yeah. like the oils? I don't, I really don't know, but I have really different hair. I have like half silver hair. And so that hair is just weird anyway. It acts differently Mine is- anyway.
1: So I have super, super thick. Some would say it's like the Italian thick hair, but my hair does not curl at all. So I. When I go to my hairstylist, which I've been with her for almost five years, she'll thin my hair out, unfortunately, because my hair gets so thick that I can't manage it to the point where it's literally high bun and
0: rock out for the rest of the day. There's a bunch of people that are hearing this right now and shaking their heads <laughs> because they don't have enough hair on their on their on their head. And, I know. And you're over so here bad. thinning your hair. Oh, I my know. Gosh. I feel
1: so bad. But if it's, I could get it's my just weird around how different phone. like
0: it's so different. That's just awesome. It's awesome that you have a ton of hair. That's just awesome.
1: I hate it though. Because it's just, just too much. Out.
0: I just can't it deal with much. it. My-
1: I can't.
0: So let's get back to your spa day here. What are your favorite, like, aromatherapy, scrubs, candles? So, candles are a
1: plus. I am like a lavender person. Okay. So, the vanilla lavender lotions are definitely a vanilla lavender. Doesn't matter which brand. If it smells good to me, I'm all for it. As long (laughs) as it's something that makes me feel comfortable, but not even just self care. Just like breaking away from my everyday, we live on Ontario Lake, like very close to it. I'll go out to the lake and just be at peace. I could sit in the sand on one of the lakes and be the happiest person all day. I'm away from like my everyday life. I'm away from a facility. Mm -hmm. It's just me, the open air. Yeah. That is like a Zen moment for me
0: personally. Oh, I love it. I love it. Britta, how do people, if they have questions about being a CNA travel, a travel CNA, if they have questions about CNA work in general, because you have a lot of different experience, how can they get a hold of you?
1: So I have two pages. One is my Facebook or my Instagram. They're both named Scrub Life with Britta.
0: Yeah, I can totally attest to Britta. Britta is like very available if anyone has questions about CNA work or if you're a student out there, I think a lot of students um, that don't exactly know what they want to do. I always think that CNA work is so accessible to people. Like It's like a couple of classes at the most, and then you take a test. And like, for some people, it's a full semester. Um, it is. Yeah, I think my class was, like, four to six weeks. It, was, it wasn't It was very much, and and I had to take a test. And, yes. And I think it was, like, the whole kit and caboodle testing and everything, it was under $1,000. So if someone's looking for a career change or they want to look oh into this God. type of Please. work, like, reach out to Britta. It sounds like you're kind of the person for that. Well, thank you so much for coming today, Britta. Of excellent well listeners thank you for being here this week and i will talk to you again next week you can extend a dose of support even further by visiting us on facebook instagram on our website or by giving us a rating or review you can always support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash dose of support Dose of Support is written, organized, emails, edited, produced, published, all the things by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. I'm punching out this week, but I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.